welcome to the 30-Minute CMO. I'm Gorsha Huchua. Now, before we start, I'd like to take a moment to thank all of you who are so enthusiastic in your support of this project. I am by no means a professional podcaster, and it will likely take me some time to nail the format and make it sound all smooth and Guy Ross-like. But I was humbled by the encouragement I received from so many of you, and I'm really excited to continue with this project. Now, today's conversation is a really special one. It is a rare treat to talk to a founder who so deeply cares about the community her company serves that she would use innovation as a way to help at scale. Lori Shao, the CEO and founder of Finley, is making it her mission to ensure that the neighborhood dance studio, karate class, and paint lab survives this downturn by turning her company into a vehicle for matching these small community businesses with large companies who can use their services. Talking to Lori gave me a distinct understanding of how much good a companies can do when they lead with their values and when they leave plenty of room at the table for their hearts and not just their very rational minds. Prior to founding Finley, Lori held senior positions at major financial institutions, including JP Morgan Chase and Silicon Valley Bank. She learned the ins and outs of the payments industry and saw that there was a big access gap to competitively priced digital payments platforms for the smallest of businesses. She also realized that most of these businesses served customers who had young children and that often other family members played a role in paying for some parts of these kids' education. The process was antiquated and relied on checks, cash, and mismatched needs. Lori saw an opportunity to fix two problems with one solution, and a year ago, she launched Finley. I sat down for a conversation with Lori to learn more about her original idea and how she's fighting this crisis. This episode will feature a little bit of everything, from Finley's origin story, to a Tai Chi master by the name of Coach Wang, to an incredible initiative that could be useful for those of you who are thinking about ways to stay engaged with your clients and teammates. On with the show. Lori, it's a pleasure having you on the show. And as a way to start, I would love to hear from you about how your business and your team is adjusting to working in this new normal. Have you changed anything about your internal work process? And what are you doing to make sure everyone stays connected and motivated? Sure, absolutely. So the team and I, we, um, we started off as a remote workforce and we've leveraged a lot of the technology that we're using today. And many remote workforces are, um, you know, starting to use like Zoom and Slack and so forth. So I think from an infrastructure standpoint, we've been pretty prepared for something like this. But of course, it is um, always great to have a place for all of us to convene physically and have our coffee get-togethers and lunch, you know, chit-chats. And, and unfortunately, that's no longer in question, but we'll just try to supplement as much as we can through other means virtually to maintain that meaningful connection. So you already have a head start on other companies who are only now learning to work remotely. Has the amount of work increased for your team after COVID? Absolutely. I mean, we've never been this busy. And, um, and I would say, you know, pre-COVID and pre-working remotely, everyone was just all hands on deck at all times working very hard. But now I feel like every single one of our small team members, you know, we have a, a team of 12, are working, you know, 12, 16 hours 
our days. And, um, and so me being the only parent on the, in the, on the team, you know, I'm a mother of two to two very young kids. My schedule has completely shifted, right? During the daytime, I'm literally chasing them down, getting them to be quiet and, 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 and forcing them to sit through their Zoom classes my, of my, for my children. And then I find myself working, you know, either very early in the morning or very late at night or in the AMs. And, um, and oftentimes, you know, not to my surprise, but my team members respond to those messages. And so um, I think maintaining that work and life balance is just super important. I'm just trying to constantly um, not overstep the personal boundaries as far as giving every single team members the space that they need, you know, for personal time and off work time. But unfortunately, with the schedule that that we currently have, um, post pandemic, uh, depending on everyone's life stage and style and, and situation, it's just a it's, it's been tough for me to to manage and handle from that front. Well, your situation is very much reflecting the experience of many other working parents who are trying to balance the demands of uh, their work, in your case, running a company while truly being a full-time parent. It's an incredibly difficult burden and cannot be trivialized. Uh, Lori, I want to get into, into Finley, into your business, um, and specifically the problems that this business was founded to address. Um, as I was reading and learning more about Finley, I can see that it was basically created, um, one side of it was created to solve uh, what can be described simply uh, as a problem of moving small community-based businesses off of cash and check-based payments onto digital payments. Now, as consumers, we've, been, uh, we've seen small business payment revolution already happen in a fairly short period of time. Um, I know that I can go to um, my farmer's market and pay for fruits and veggies uh, using a credit card or even use Apple and Google Pay for uh, my food when I buy it at the food truck uh, with platforms like Square and even PayPal. So what problems did you feel were not being solved by other payment processors like Square? And was this move towards digital payments not as widespread as we may have thought it to be? Yeah. Um, so short answer to your question is yes, it's definitely, it's, it's hugely fragmented depending on um, which sub-vertical you belong within the small business community. And what we find what we found is um, for the education space, neighborhood schools, like the, the daycare centers, the after school programs, the music studios, um, tutoring centers, they are, um, they've been operating in a very antiquated system or environment, right? For the most part, our customers are still accepting check and cash. And, um, and for the few that have migrated to a system, um, you know, in, in, within a year or two, they, they certainly have migrated off because of how costly um, managing a system like that has been for them. And so when you're dealing with in the, in the service space, um, the margins are pretty slim already. And our, our target customer base is the mom and pops, right? The owner operators, they maybe are managing a school with 100 students um, with one or two helpers. And so, um, and so our solution extends beyond just um, streamlining payments. It is an all-in-one enterprise payment solution for these small businesses to outsource or outsource all of the administrative burden that is weighing them down. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to say that we take care of everything behind the scenes so they can focus on what's center stage. So besides solving for payments, Lori's company is enabling their customers to truly manage their entire book of business digitally. Whether it's invoicing parents accurately and on time, 
or being able to accept various forms of payments besides cash and checks, Finley is enabling small community businesses, many of which have been operating in the same way for a decade or longer, to become in tune with consumer demands and, as Lori Shao tells us, free up more time to actually do what they love to do instead of managing their books. For customers, this is also a win because you no longer have to remember to grab your checkbook or make an ATM run or call the business to find out when your next payment is due. But in addition to solving the legacy payment and bookkeeping problems for businesses, Finley is also addressing a seemingly invisible issue that in reality is creating real inefficiencies inside extended families. You talk about how um, experiences or I guess services that um, help you basically take care of your child, whether it's studios, uh, classes, after school activities, et cetera, they're all becoming more and more expensive. And it's, uh, I think you uh, referred to a conversation before you started the company of talking to your friends and sharing this point that um, the expense part of that has been growing and growing and growing. But the idea of what family members gift um, or provide as gift to the children uh, that they support, um, that's, that's remained largely the same, whether it's toys that end up collecting dust or things that really have only very limited shelf life, um, that there is a gap there. And it seems like you are addressing it with this platform. Make your cash contribution towards raising a child, um, a grandkid, um, a nephew, a niece, uh, more tangible uh, by providing it, uh, providing them access to activities after school events, those types of things. That's a very interesting angle. I'd, I'd love to know how you kind of found a business opportunity within uh, within this little disconnect that you described. Absolutely, because I believe that family and financial wellness for families is directly related to the access to education they can afford to their children. Right. So yes, we are a solution for the small business community businesses. But if you ask any of these small brick and mortar business, what's most important to them, they would say customer experience, right? Like, will my family, will my customer base or the parents be good with this solution? Um, are you actually able to help me provide solutions or um, fill the gaps that I'm, I'm hearing from my my customer base, because many of these small business owners, they they want to represent themselves as an extension to their to these families, and what that means is they're being thrusted into um, the 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 family drama, right? Mm-hmm. Not only are there multiple um, payment methods, there are multiple payment sources, because with fifty percent of marriages end in divorce and thirty percent of children growing up in a household with a step parent in the US, there is going to be a heightened complexity when it comes to payment, right? So for the small business school, they are at the forefront of parents coming to them and saying, hey, can you debit 50% from my account and 50% from my ex-husband? We're splitting payments down the middle, right? Or even the ones that are still happily married, they're still splitting you know, expenses down the middle. And then you have contributors like grandma and whomever who's like, I want to contribute evenly to all my 10 grandchildren, you know, for their education. Finley makes it um, very easy and streamlined for them to contribute. A mom can include the Finley, um, the child's Finley profile in a birthday e-bite. So instead of a $50 plastic toy through Finley, the party goer can redirect this $50 to the child's next swim lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are directly impacting the future generation in a very meaningful way. And that's what Finley family represents. And that directly impacts the small business livelihood, because for the small business, the worst thing that can happen is decrease in enrollment because of the family's inability to pay. 
And we are checking that box. We are providing a solution for just that issue, right? So we are the only family-centric enterprise payment platform for small businesses out there. Well, can you talk more about the barriers that exist, um, you know, and whether they're visible or invisible that have made it before the introduction of Finley, and maybe even you're encountering it now, but made it more difficult for both some businesses and also many families to adapt to digital payments. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, potentially the age of business owners, maybe the fact that some of them are based in low-income areas where cash has traditionally been more trusted, maybe you know, there are other demographic uh, factors that um, enter this equation. Have you, what have you seen and how are you addressing those, um, those barriers? Absolutely. And that is the exact reason why Finley started, because um, it's the lower income uh, markets and demographics. It is the more traditional brick and mortars that have never changed their process. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for them to pay an arm and a leg for processing and for them to not being able to capture revenue that they so deservingly earned and really losing money on a monthly basis because of um, uh, inefficiencies in their workflow and also payment fees, payment processing fees. Um, You know, Finley really set out to target that specific market, that demographic, because as you mentioned earlier, the squares out there, what type of companies use square? right? It is the, the, the coffee shops, the boutiques, this and that. How many, if you survey how many, you know, um, actual brick and mortar taekwondo schools or dance academies or art, art studios are using Square? Not many, right? Because they're the brick and mortar type. For them, the barrier to entry when it comes to technology upgrade or technology anything is extremely high. Mm-hmm. And so what Finley is able to represent and provide for them is we remove all the blockers that's, that's historically hindering them from taking that next step so that they can actually scale, right? We're taking on that responsibility. So all they need to do is focus on, again, center stage on what they do best, teach their children. And they no longer have to go to the parents and say, hey, um, your child is doing great in ballet, by the way, you're also $300 short for your last month's tuition, right? We, again, remove all of the behind the scenes work for these small businesses. Hence, for them to um, leverage a Stripe, leverage a Square, or leverage any other technology platform that can get them to the next level, but historically have been afraid to do so because you know, many of them, um, they don't, they don't have a landing page. They don't have a website. They don't understand, you know, um, SEO. They don't, they don't maintain a Facebook group or be able to understand digital ads, right. And customer acquisition that way. They, um, in taking a step back, most of them can't, are having a tough time even articulating in writing what, why they're doing what they're doing and what their business is, you know, what their mission statement is. And so there's just a lot of blockers for them to um, expand their knowledge base and skill set outside of the four walls of their studio. And so, so we recognize that and we are set out directly to help the communities at large that falls into that category. And so that's, Hence, Finley, our name, F-I-N-L-I, it stands for financial lift. So Mm -hmm. from day one, we set out to financially lift communities that we we care deeply about and the families within those communities, right? Considering it's so interwoven. It's very interesting. Um, 
and I feel like um, the system that within which you operate and within which, within which these businesses operate has has not really been set up or modernized for um, for these types of businesses to enter the digital age. And I'm thinking about how the picture is so drastically different than um, other parts of the world where the digital economy, even in some of the most impoverished countries, has taken center stage because they almost skipped the whole traditional banking uh, phase mm -hmm. and went straight into the digital economy. Here, we're having to deal with probably a lot of legacy uh, infrastructure issues uh, that create costs, that create um, you know inefficiencies, and you're uh, trying to help address these uh, for businesses that otherwise can't afford to make that next step, right? Yeah, I mean, again, they're owner operators managing a school of 100 kids with maybe one or two part-time helpers. They're already thinking just by functioning. Um, how are they going to think about evolving and leveraging technology and learning about it and adapting to it? Right? I was on vacation in China a couple of years ago where two years ago, um, in China, you were, able, you were at that time you were able to uh, donate to a homeless person on your mobile device, right? There, wow. you can scan their QR code and you can donate to them. So, I mean, it's just a it's night and day. I mean, we're definitely progressing um, aggressively, but the reality is um, this lower end of the small business community, right? The neighborhood businesses that is in every single community, um, they are uh, they have fallen through the cracks when it comes to innovation and leveraging technology. Well, so Lori, um, I'm a marketer. I know that uh, your job probably involves quite a bit of that as well. So as a marketer, I'm curious about how you go about spreading the word um, in reaching out to what is essentially a super fragmented business community. Um, mm -hmm. So on one side, how do you market to them? How do you make them aware of what you have? And on an even larger and more fragmented scale, which are families, how do you reach them? Because I feel like, uh, in essence, you're build, building up a two-sided, if, if not a marketplace, then um, an ecosystem, right? Uh, it seems like a daunting task, but do you have any interesting takeaways that you could share about how you've approached this so far? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. We're an early stage startup and we're still learning as we go, right? Um, we're learning that the, the neighborhood business space, they, they really opt, uh, they prefer text messaging. You know, like you would never, um, when you're doing B2B sales for large corporate enterprises, you never think to text message them. Um, but this is very common and expected. Mm -hmm. right? And um, and what's interesting is it is an ecosystem that we're building. But by onboarding a, a studio or a school, we essentially onboard their entire book of business. And so all the customer base that they um, that attend the school essentially would be, um, you know, we can, we can market to them, um, on how to leverage Finley, invite additional, um, in additional schools, uh, you know, to Finley, invite family and members to contribute to your kids' bills via Finley. Because if a, if a parent found us through their karate school for their child, um, there's a high likelihood they may have multiple children and there's a high likelihood that, the children who's taking, um, you know, uh, karate school may be taking other uh, enrichment programs as well, right? Or in that, an after-school program, or in some sort of a private school or or daycare center. Um, so it's there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to children, right? Um, 
And so by marketing to parents, we're leveraging them as like our top of the funnel customer acquisition channel. So we will focus, our focus will forever be on acquiring the small business studios. And by doing so, we're indirectly acquiring additional um, music studios and, and other enrichment programs through the parents that would naturally onboard with us. They are spreading, they are spreading the news of Finley from one business to the next. Exactly. So that network effect is what we are, um, we're, we're hoping to achieve. That's, very, that's a very interesting approach. And, you know, we, we, we talk about businesses that are already um, maybe struggling to achieve parity with, within the digital economy. Now the world has changed. Now the pandemic sets in. Um, we're all asked to stay in, indoors. And I noticed that the, um, uh, the, the level of concern among the population as it relates to small businesses has definitely been elevated. Everyone talks about supporting their local businesses. But oftentimes, I feel like this is really centered on your neighborhood restaurants and cafes and bars, right, um, who are struggling but who do have some avenues through things like DoorDash and Postmates and curbside to still at least keep their doors somewhat open. But as we are learning here, there's scores of other businesses who derive absolutely all of their income from the communities they serve, and they're probably feeling even more pain because they don't have any infrastructure in place to keep going while everything is shut down. So I'm talking about the local dance studios, the mm -hmm. language schools, the karate classes, everyone that you deal with. Um, I know that you're very much seeing this firsthand. Can you describe to us what the scope of this problem is and speak about what you have been doing to help address it? Absolutely. So our core business market, they are by far, you know, just to say they're struggling is, is an, um, it's just, it's almost like not a fair um, uh, reflection of the true reality, right? They are um, in utter despair of trying to survive another day. And um, because for the most part, they're not government sponsored. They're not, you know, a, a public school, charter school. They don't have, um, you know, uh, 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 rich in um, endowment, fund you know the, at their disposal um and so when they are owner operated when they have to close down their doors the problem is not only them not being able to meet the payment obligations for their studio it is them not being able to pay rent for their home it is them not being able to put food on the table for their families and never once have you know many of our instructors never once have their livelihood been challenged the way it has during covid right and so even the ones that are um, reluctant to change, they are, um, they've already adjusted emotionally and mentally to um, be open to change. They're like, okay, if I cannot teach my traditionally offline classes um, anymore, I'm going to try to teach online classes. But how do they do it? Like, how, how do, we, how, how do we, they accomplish that? How do they find the customers online? How do they schedule these things online? How do they deal with booking and calendar, you know, and invitations and notification online? How do they process these payments online? And like, where are these, you know, potential customers, you know? Um, and so Finley, um, being at the forefront of seeing the, the 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 issue here we rolled out um a, a stand up for small business campaign so it's hashtag stand up for small business and that is our effort to um really go out there to the market and help our customer base generate revenue 
And so what we're doing is that we have created in a very short period of time, um, a, a marketplace. We are helping our studios and schools create online classes or virtual classes that they can teach to adults. Um, and then we are bridging them to corporate teams who want to take these classes. Because to be perfectly candid, um, you know, as a, as a consumer, there is a huge unknown for all of us. Like, are, well, like is our next paycheck guaranteed? Are we going to be furloughed next month? All of these things. And so if our schools continue to focus their online criteria or newly established online criteria to their existing customer base, which are families, that is not dependable anymore. Because either they are suspending their enrollment or membership, or they are asking for significant discounts, right, to their, their tuition. And so when we're seeing 70, 80% drop-off rate for tuition with their core business, even though they're able to teach those classes online, that means this is insufficient, right? So with our campaign, we really, you know, have set out with a mission to help them chase money. Right? We're literally trying to identify who is able to pay for these classes right now. And it is the large corporate, is the teams who um, you know, are, are not going through layoffs. They're, you know, sitting on, they're, they're stable. They're stable. And most of them, some of them are growing depending on what um, sector they're in. Like, so for, for financial services, for banking, right? They're growing. Um, and, and for the first time, many of their teams are working remotely. So they're looking for meaningful ways for the team members to engage. Um, so instead of being on Zoom calls or digital calls all day long, squeeze in a 30-minute yoga or Tai Chi class or a drawing or learning how to speak French, right? And learn something unique. But knowing that the instructor for those classes are taught by a local community business who has to close down the, their school during COVID. So you are actually directly contributing or impacting your community by taking on these classes that is also very exciting and enriching for you and your team. So on the business side, we're looking through, we're looking for corporates um, to either supply um, Finley classes to their own team members for employee bonding. Um, we're looking for them to gift Finley packages and classes to their customer base. So the financial advisors, the wealth advisors, the bankers who typically manage a book of business, right? That they wine and dine and you know send gifts and 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 and, and collaborate and engagement with um, on a normal basis no longer can, right? So instead of sending them a bouquet of beautiful flowers, give them a package of Finley classes. It is a win-win-win across the board. Right. And then lastly, we're going after the corporate with um, a foundation or just um, historical activities in terms of contributing and donating to not for profits in the community. We recently and we can talk about this, but recently um, collaborated with U.S. Bank. And um, they historically have um, invested or donated to local not-for-profit organizations, whether it's Boys and Girls Club or um, you know, senior centers and so forth. Um, and they no longer can host those events or, or uh, 
or workshops, right? So instead, they're gifting Finley classes to those not-for-profit organizations. So at the end of the day, we um, are really trying to bridge the, the demand side of the marketplace with corporates for their teams, for gifting, as well as for directly giving back to the community um, and connecting them with the small business owners who, um, and to them is every class we book for them equals to um, food on the table for their family for a week. Right. So it is a worthwhile cause and is really achieving a win win across the board. And that's what we're super excited to do. We literally launched this thing um, a month ago in the, in the month of April. We started out with two virtual classes and we ended today with over 100. Wow. Right. And that's everyone incredible. was so eager to, 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 to let us help them get online. And so what we do for these instructors is we remove all the blockers like we have with our Finley core business to get them online. All they need to do is tell us um, which, 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 what is their available window to teach. And then that's it, you know, and once they teach a class, we fund their account immediately. And so um, it is just, you know, we realize that there is a lot of instructors and schools out there. They're not teaching online. They're not reaching a greater audience, not because they don't want to, but because they're afraid and they don't know how. And so if we take on that burden, then they're so good at what they do and they continue to do what they do. And everybody is happy and everybody is benefiting. Lori, that sounds truthfully like an amazing initiative. And I'm uh, not just saying this. And as, as you're describing this, I keep thinking about, um, the professional world I inhabit, and especially in my previous life working in advertising agencies where our relationship building has been at the, at the forefront of how the, business, um, how, how the business works. And right now, obviously, it's very hard, hard for agencies to do uh, team building things with their own teams, with their clients. There's a huge um, vendor community that also um, works with agencies and traditionally has spent money on um, entertainment and other treats. Uh, this is a phenomenal opportunity for them to um, do something good for the community and actually improve their own, um, their own bottom line. I would have to say, if you're a media vendor, um, if you're thinking about how to engage with your agency clients, go to finley.com, check out Stand Up for Small Business, Pick out some amazing classes, um, send those out, do them with your uh, contacts at the agency, take a Zumba class, take a yoga class, do something remote that's fun. Uh, you're going to remember it is going to be meaningful. And at the end of the day, you're helping out someone, like Lori said, keep their dream of keeping that small business alive, um, putting food on their table, supporting the local community. Lori, tell me, please, uh, if you were to recommend a few classes, I'm sure you're not by, uh, you don't have any biases, but the ones that you feel are super incredible. Um, are there any one, any that come to mind that, um, that you personally loved? Yes, we have, um, we have this Tai Chi class, although I love all the classes, all the instructors, everyone have their own unique story. And, and through their stories, we realize um, these are gems in the, in, in, in the communities and, but just no one has seen them or experienced them because they've only been stuck in the four walls of their studio. But if I have to pick one that, um, that I think is super, super interesting is that we have a Tai Chi class by, um, by Coach Wang, who actually um, created the Tai Chi form for uh, the Beijing government 
back during the SARS outbreak where residents in China had to stay indoors. And so he actually created those Tai Chi forms to help the residents who were staying at indoors during quarantine. And so he is one of the instructors on our platform and, um, and, and really open and looking forward to teaching those Tai Chi forms for those under quarantine, for stress relief and wellness, um, you know, to anyone who's willing to, to learn. Um, and of course, there are plenty of other ones. We have a drum boxing. I didn't even know what drum boxing was <laughs> until we have a drum boxing instructor. You know, we have um, this amazing um, theater teacher who has a theater school teaching, you know, little kids how to express themselves. But now he has, his, uh, he has a, a, an online virtual class with us um, teaching adults how to present themselves um, on Zoom meetings and, and, and speak with confidence, you know, virtually and stuff like that. Because these are all, you know, great, um, you know, skill sets to, to have. And this is the time to acquire those, those skill sets through these amazing teachers and what they have available through our platform. I, I love this. Um, I think, again, if you're listening and you're thinking about how to better motivate your team, how to engage with your clients and maintain those relationships, check these classes out. I took a look. They're super reasonably priced, and uh, you're really going to make a difference. Go and learn some Tai Chi with Coach Wang. Check out some of the classes. Um, you'll feel a lot better about um, everything that we're going through right now. And the reality is, is that what we're going through right now is probably going to stay with us for, for some time. Um, everyone is having to adjust to what this new normal might be. What role do you think, Lori, your company should play when it comes to providing solutions to businesses um, that may, may be most endangered? Do you feel like this is going to be a sort of a pivot for you with uh, this program? Do you think it'll become part of your evergreen strategy? Or do you feel like there are more things that you're thinking about that um, in this new normal, a platform like Finley can be doing to, you know, help um, energize this community of small business owners. Absolutely. So what we're building right now and what we have available is definitely going to stay with us and Finley for the long haul, only because there is the the upward trend in, um, you know, moving offline classes to online, even pre-COVID. But I would say now during COVID, many of these schools, um, many of these instructors, because they are in fear, because they have never experienced something like this before where everything is being challenged. And, and I, I do believe that post-COVID, that fear will continue to linger. And so they can no longer go back and open their doors to their studio and think, I'm just going to be comfortable like this. I'm, you know, instead they're going to think, okay, I only open my doors in the afternoons because that's when kids get off school. In the morning time, I have all this time to teach classes. They're looking for backup plans to revenue stream and alternative revenue streams that's scalable and dependable. And that is what Finley represents. And I, I don't, I think, I, I see what we're offering today as more of an expansion um, of product suites to what we currently have, because it still fits very well with our overall intent, which is we want to be the, the partner that handles everything behind the scenes. Right. And whether that is offline um, activities of on onboarding, enrollment and managing their database to online being their online presence and, and hosting their identity and promoting them worldwide. Right. So that they can um, they can they can they can expand their customer base and they can extend their reach um, to 
students and families and individuals that's outside of the five mile radius of their studios that they're used to. So I believe this is something that we'll continue to, to work on. This makes a lot of sense. Going through an experience like this usually serves as an accelerator for new trend adoption. And I can definitely see how these businesses could lean into these new opportunities and take advantage of larger audiences that exist beyond the immediate communities they inhabit. So, Lori, final question. You strike me as an optimist, and you probably have to be if you're a startup founder. If you could think ahead one year, what accomplishments would make you feel most proud? I would be happy with amassing a whole um, archive of testimonials and feedback right from our customer base because right now the ones that we're getting in like what you guys are doing is amazing what you guys represent is a lifeline you know it's just like the 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 the, po- the positive feedback that we're getting on a daily basis is really fueling our team myself included to consistently do more you know with very little because you know be, let's be frank we're also an early stage startup struggling to to survive another day but what is important is what we're able to um to contribute to the very community that we set out to help to begin with but in an accelerated pace um that is just extremely like we're just, i'm just extremely grateful to even have this opportunity to do so so i feel like um you know uh a year later, if we're able to look back and see here is here here is the list of businesses that we actually saved. Here are the the pers- the 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 instructors, and this is these are their stories, and this is their feedback, and 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 now we are friends for life. You know um, that is uh, probably what I really look forward to to see if I if um, if I look back in a year. Well, I would love to check in with you a year from now, hopefully sooner, but at least a year from now to see how everything turned out. I want to, again, thank you so much for joining us, for uh, sharing your story. I think uh, what you're doing is truly representative of a values-driven business. You are serving the community. You are serving those who need help. And again, um, I want to appeal to anyone who is listening to check out Finley.com to uh, take a look at the Stand Up for Small Business initiative um, and take uh, advantage of some of these incredible classes that are being offered by some amazing uh, folks who are uh, looking for help uh, and looking to share what they know with a wider community. This has been a true pleasure to speak to you, Lori. I really appreciate this. I wish you all the best and um, uh, try to stay sane during this uh, very, very interesting time. Thank you for the opportunity for me to tell my story and tell our story. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Thank you.